0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Sure, most of you are familiar with the tales of the Fountain of Youth. The Fountain of Youth is a spring that supposedly restores the youth of anyone who drinks or bathes in its waters. Tales of such a fountain have been recounted throughout the world for thousands of years. In the 5th century BC, we have tales of the Macrobians, who lived much longer than those around them, and this extended life was said to have come from a fountain that the residents would bathe in. Then there are legends surrounding Alexander the Great and his quest to find the water of life. It was that quest that inspired Ponce de Leon, who sailed to Florida in search of this legendary fountain. Modern men may laugh at such attempts, but the fact is, even today, people wander here, there, and everywhere, searching for immortality, for the next fountain of youth. Oftentimes, people think they can accomplish this through the right diet, the right medicine, and especially in our day, the right technology. In fact, many people are even trying to upload their brain to the clouds so that they can live forever. Even Christians are often not content to find God where he promises to be, in his word and sacraments. They get bored, so they go searching for something new, some new thing some new experience, some new teaching, some new revelation that will give them the secrets of eternal life. I mean, I can't even count the number of prophecies I've heard just in the last few weeks regarding the election and various things. Why do people listen to that? They've gotten bored listening to God's Word. And yet, what they're searching for is in the things that God Himself instituted. They're found in the preaching of the Word, the Lord's Supper, and as we're talking about tonight, baptism. He doesn't hide these things from you, so you have to go on some kind of grand quest to find them. He gives them to you freely and openly. There is public works for you to receive, right where he promises them to be, in his holy church. What the ancients search for and never truly be found, we in today in the church celebrate. For baptism is the true water of life. It is indeed the fountain of youth that gives us life immortal. The baptism of Jesus gives us a clear picture of the value and infinite worth of baptism. In his baptism, he was indeed manifested to be the Son of God. We hear the word of the Father, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. But also, his baptism makes clear to us the importance of our baptisms. In his baptism, he consecrates all waters for us. We hear this wonderfully stated in Luther's flood prayer. And who through the baptism of thy dear son, our Lord Jesus Christ, has consecrated and set apart the Jordan and all waters as a salutary flood and a rich and full washing away of sins. Jesus is baptized not because he's sinful, but because he stands in the place of sinners. And so his baptism shows that he gets what is yours, and then you're baptized to get what is his. Your sin becomes his sin, his righteousness becomes your righteousness. And the water to reveal what Jesus came to do for you. He came to trade places with you. Now this ultimately is accomplished on the cross. And one of the things that happens on that cross, we have in the painting over here, blood and water come out from his side. So in the painting, blood's going into the chalice, water into the baptismal font. And Ezekiel 37 gives us to us in a very vivid picture. Ezekiel 47, which is my favorite chapter in Ezekiel, has this picture of the temple. And the altar coming out from under it is this river. And it gets deeper and deeper and deeper as it goes out into the world. In fact, it tells us this river brings life and healing to the land. And that abundance of fish are found in it. It's a picture of baptism. God rescuing the world through the waters of baptism. That brings spiritual healing and life unto all to whom they come. So it's important for us to then to see what baptism is. We have the promise. He who believes is baptized will be saved. In your baptism, the name of God is applied to you. You're baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, because that name is placed upon you in those waters, we say that baptism now saves you. As it says in First Peter. Because Christ saves you in your baptism. A lot of people want to pit those two things against each other. So they'll say things like, well, baptism doesn't save you, Christ saves you. Well, Christ saves you in the waters of baptism. That's how he does it. He's working through those means. The Bible is clear that baptism is divine. It's from God. It's not made up and invented by people. We should value it as an excellent, glorious, exalted treasure. The very best treasure that we've ever been given. Because without it, we cannot be saved. To be baptized in his name is not to be baptized by men. That is not to be baptized by the pastor, per se, but actually to be baptized by God himself. Sometimes two people look at it and say, well, it's just water. How can it do these things? Catechism tells us it's not just plain water, but it's the water included in God's command and combined with God's words so that it actually does what God promises. Right? When you have baptism, you have water plus the word. Where you have the word of God, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working through that word and promise of God. So that it works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. God himself takes his honor, his might, and his power on it. When we receive it, the Bible tells us, by faith. The promise is received by faith. It clings to that Word of God in the water. That very Word of God that created that faith to begin with. So that to reject baptism is to reject God's Word, is to reject faith, and indeed it is to reject Christ. Luther is constantly telling us to remember our baptisms. And really at its core it means several things, but one of the core things is remember the benefits of your baptism. Remember what your baptism has done for you. Luther said, The wonderful grace of God bestowed upon you in holy baptism. Baptism is the wash of regeneration. Therefore, he who has been spiritually washed in the font of baptism is no longer held body and soul under the power of sinful nature. But because he has been born again of God through water and the Spirit, he is a son of God. And if a son, then an heir of eternal blessedness. At Christ's baptism, our Father declared, This is my beloved Son. So all who are baptized, they receive the adoption of sons. So that on our baptisms too, God is there saying, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved child, whom I put my name upon. So too, as the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove at Christ's baptism, so he is also present at our baptism. He is what gives it its efficacy. He is the power bringing these things about. If you recall at creation, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. The Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters, we hear in Genesis 1-2, and imparted to them life. So in the water of baptism, the very same Holy Spirit is present to render it efficacious for our regeneration, for making us part of the new creation. If we have the name of God upon us, if we have all these benefits then we don't have to fear the devil. We belong to Christ. He is ours, and Christ has defeated the devil. Those who are baptized in Christ put on Christ. And so it's said that we have washed our robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Because the blood of Christ is applied to you in your baptism. The perfect righteousness of Christ is the glorious robe of his saints. So we're not, if we are clothed in this robe, We're not to fear any spot of sin because we know that Christ has dealt with our sin. Now sometimes it bothers people that God works through means at all. Why would he use water? Right? Why didn't he just zap us? Well, as we said, we have the word of God plus water. So we have the Holy Spirit present there. And also, when Luther makes this point, I think it's really important that God gives us something outward so that we can grasp it by our senses, so we can understand it, so that faith has something outside of itself to cling to and hold on to. Also, it signifies for us the cleansing by the Holy Spirit and be united to the death and resurrection of Christ. The water going over your body is a promise that both your body and soul are redeemed and saved by your baptism. Another question that comes up because a lot of churches refuse to baptize infants is, well, why why would you baptize infants? They can't make profession of faith why waste your time there's a lot that could be said but just a few things briefly jesus says for such is the kingdom of heaven christ wants infants to be saved infants are conceived and born in sin jesus says that the waters of baptism saved so if you want that infant saved what do you need to do you have a baptized so too we're told that baptism replaces circumcision. And we know that boys eight days old in the Old Covenant received circumcision. Baptism replaces that. It's even better. So that both boys and girls, men and women, receive this wonderful gift. Oftentimes, what churches do instead of baptizing is to replace it with some kind of dedication. And what that becomes is a parent's act, their work of dedicating their child to God. What baptism is, is God's work of rescuing and saving that child who cannot save himself. Besides these false teachings, there are some other abuses of baptism today. One is to used as an excuse for sin, which leads people to a sense of false security, which leads them to unbelief. So Paul says in Romans 6, What then shall we say? Are would he continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still so live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We're there, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, or that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. We have put on in baptism the righteousness of Christ, a garment of inexpressible preciousness. Therefore, we're not to defile it with sin. Our old man was crucified and put to death in baptism. We have been regenerated and renewed by the Spirit in our minds in baptism. So we're not to let the flesh rule over the spirits. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're not to let the oldness of the flesh prevail over the newness of the spirits, but to give the Spirit reign. That is, to get out of the way. let the Spirit do its work in us and work in and through us. There's another issue. Unbelief that leads to calling God's promise a lie. There are people in our world today who try to unbaptize themselves. Especially various atheists in England like 10 years ago had this whole right of being unbaptized. Well, you, you can't unbaptize yourself. When you reject the faith, your baptism stands there to condemn you. But we also see this at Christians who take baptism lightly. They think it's no big deal. and They treat it as such. Or on the flip side, there's those who believe they've done something so wrong that God can't possibly forgive them. So they don't believe the promises that God gave them in their baptism. Or, as so many churches do, they turn baptism into their own work rather than God's work. At the end of the day, it ends up being the same thing. It ends up being a rejection of God's work, of God's promise that he gives us in baptism. So what all does this mean for your Baptism. It means you're cleansed. It means God did and is doing what he promised. Heaven is open to you so that you can now enter into it. You heard the words, you are my beloved child. So now you can stand before the Father. God's word and spirits came to you in your baptism. The promises he made to your baptism he has kept and continues to keep. So that when baptism meets with your sin and filth and impurity... It eats it up and washes it all away, devouring and blotting it out in an instant, both sin and death, and bringing to you all grace, salvation, and blessing. And that is the baptism you continue to walk in. Whenever you repent of your sin, you're returning to your baptism. The baptism cleanses you from all inherited sickness and restores you to innocence in God's sight. And you might rise again without sin on the last day. Christ's baptism and suffering, death, and resurrection are all yours. Christ is yours in your baptism. You know, if we had a doctor here in town who promised that he could give you immortality, if he promised he could bring the dead back to life, and he actually had evidence that he could do it, he'd be a very rich man. And yet, we have the water that gives life, and it's given to us freely. Everyone who wants it, receives it at no cost and it utterly destroys death and preserves for all eternity all who are baptized. In fact, your whole Christian life is a daily baptism. Living in repentance is walking in your baptism. As the Catechism says, it indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition, sorrow over our sin, and repentance, turning from our sin to Christ, should be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, that a new man should daily emerge and arise, live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Living as a Christian means repenting and looking at Christ in faith. That is living in your baptism. And then even more practically, day in and day out when your sins and conscience oppress you, you say, I am baptized, present tense. Christ has dealt with my sins. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. As I said, every time you repent, you're returning to your baptism. So do you doubt if God still loves you? Do you doubt if God still cares? You can say, I am baptized. I'm a child of God. Do you lack what the world thinks or says that you should have? So what? You're baptized. You have all the treasures of heaven. In your baptism, you have your identity, your security, and your meaning. In your baptism, you know who you are. Think about how many people waste. Thousands and thousands of hours trying to figure out who they really are. In your baptism, you know who you are. You're a child of God. Baptism gives you security. Everyone's looking for security in this life. And in your baptism, you can be secure knowing that you're God's child. So too, people are looking for meaning. They're looking to make sense of life. And in your baptism, you have the fullness of what it means to be truly human, to be truly alive, what it means to be God's child. All that you need, the Father's given you. He's forgiven you, he's given you a name, he's given you life, He has set you free from death and the devil. And the promise is that your baptism abides forever. It's not temporary, it's not going to go away. Every time you remember it and what it means, it awakens and strengthens faith. And then finally, your baptism will be fulfilled in your death. When you yourself get to cross into the promised land, as we heard about Joshua and the people of Israel doing. Your baptism is the most excellent, glorious, exalted treasure that has ever been given to you. It is the true water of life. It is the genuine fountain of youth. Walter said, so let your rallying cry for entering this new year be this. I am baptized. Though the world may laugh at this comfort, no matter what you come up against, you can face it with these glorious words. I am baptized. Hallelujah. And you shall prevail. In every time of need, you will find comfort in your baptism. And on account of your baptism, Satan will flee from your faith and confession. And in death, you will see heaven opened and will finally come into the joy of our Lord to celebrate forever. Because of that, we'll sing in a moment with great joy and courage. Death, you cannot end my gladness. I am baptized into Christ. When I die, I leave all sadness to inherit paradise. Though I lie in dust and ashes, face assurance brightly flashes. Baptism has a strength divine to make life immortal mine. There is nothing worth comparing to this lifelong comfort shore. Open-eyed, my grave is staring. Even there I'll sleep secure. Though my flesh awaits its raising, still my soul continues praising. I am baptized into Christ. I am a child of paradise. You have been made a child of paradise in that true fountain of youth. And as a child of paradise, Christ continues to feed you today with another medicine of immortality, his very body and blood. Amen. The peace of God passes on understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.